So I have a short word this morning because I really feel I want to allow some time. At the end of the service, we have some ministry time. Is that okay? And I really felt like during the first service, I felt that there's going to be some, I don't know, just healing of restoring minds where there's been fogginess of mind and, I don't know, cloudiness. But I just feel like God's doing that in our midst. And also, we want to pray specifically for those who are dealing with respiratory issues. And we just want to lay hands on you and pray for it, whether it's your children or grandchildren or whoever connected to you. Is that all right? Can we do that? So those are a couple clear ones we want to do. But Prince of Peace, isn't it great? The Prince of Peace. I love this whole theme, the song, the Prince of Peace. And I believe it is the most wonderful time of the year. I love the hot weather, but every time we get close, I'm like, you know what? I think we keep decorating earlier and earlier. I don't know if we're like November 1st, let's decorate. You know, sorry. Anybody else like us? It's getting earlier. And it's warmer when you do that too, right? You can put all kinds of lights on your trees. So anyhow, um, I love it. I love the whole miracle of the season. Uh, you guys probably know the story of John in our lives. We grew up with six children, and we always had a wonderful experience as little children. Six kids. Uh, there was nothing decorated, no tree up, totally clear, looked like bland. We would go to bed, and our parents would literally spend all night, whatever time they could get us to bed, all night decorating, setting up the tree, putting toys together. And it was like magic. I got to tell you that. Like, it was literally, when you're a little kid, you come out like, <gasps> You just literally took a, took a breath away. We weren't allowed to go into this living room area where the tree was. And we were just like, ah. It, it was it just someone, you know, when I got saved, I'm like, yeah, there's a magic to the, to, the, to the Christmas season, isn't there? It really isn't. It's a miracle. If I can say it that way, people like to bad word. No, no, the miracle, you know, the miraculous part of the whole season is amazing, isn't it? And I love all the miracles of the Advent season. We're celebrating his arrival. Isn't that amazing? We do it for, that's why I'm like, let's start earlier and earlier, right? But, um, you know, the angel appearing to Mary. <laughs> That's just a miracle. We're like, yeah, hey, we just read it there. That's just normal. No, has anybody had an angel appear to you? Like, hey, walking around daily? Like, there we go. And it's great. And Mary conceiving by the Holy Spirit. Another miracle. The angel appearing to Joseph in a dream. Totally amazing. And then the baby, when Mary goes to see Elizabeth. Remember? The baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps. That's like miraculous stuff happens, all right? And the angel appearing to Joseph again and saying, okay, take Mary, do this, directing him and and then the king, you know, the wise men or the kings, as John said, these guys were royal. They were rulers, you know, being led to the, baby, the Christ child Jesus. Isn't that amazing? It's so, it's miracle after miracle. But I love what it says in Luke. We'll just start there. Luke chapter 2. And John was in this last week, but 2, two verses 13 and 14, it said, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts. And we're like, we just read this and sing it, right? This is like all of heaven opens, right? Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Everybody say it. Peace, all right, goodwill toward men. And I remember reading as a young believer thinking, really, peace? Like there's been a lot of war. There's been a lot of conflict since Jesus was born, right? Are you with me? When I got saved, it was like all hell broke loose. People were like, come to Jesus and everything's wonderful. I came to Jesus and it's like, there's a war for my life. I had no clue about it. I'm like, this is intense. Like we need to pray, you know? But it was a different revelation. I thought, how crazy, isn't that wild? Anybody else have that experience? I remember like every ounce of my life was being fought for. I'm like, man, I had like night terrors where I'm being choked every night for the first few months. Like if I could just scream Jesus. And my roommates thought I lost my mind. They were ungodly roommates, totally partied with these guys. And they were like, dude, you need to go get counseling because you got some deep issues. I'm like, no, Jesus is moving in my life. I'm like, you're crazy, right? Seriously, right? But I remember when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and encountered the Prince of Peace in a different level, I thought, okay, now I have some authority. 
you know what I mean? To, to ward off, to repel sin and temptation, to walk in, you know, con- well, if I could say it that way, in a continual relationship with the Lord instead of being an idiot, you know. And I was an idiot for a long time there. I'm an idiot, all right? Okay, so, <laughs> but the peace announced by, by, by the angels is brought to us by Jesus. It's really different than war, if I could say it that way. Jesus brings peace between us and God, right? Come on, we are by nature opposed to God, aren't we? We're like, we can't find a way or make our way back to God, but God sends his son Jesus to make a way of us to return to him, amen? And he's called the Prince of Peace because he brings peace to all who come to him. I love what it says in Colossians chapter one, verses 20 and 21, it says, having made peace, right? Are you guys with me? Are you awake? You're just settling down in it. Worship was like a whole workout for it, wasn't it? Come on. <laughs> and having made peace through the blood of the cross to, by him to reconcile all things to himself. So when we believe and accept this amazing sacrifice that God's given to us, he forgives our sins, right? And he makes peace with us. It's the good news, isn't it? Come on. Romans 5.1, I love what it says. It says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God, all right? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, all right? How many people remember what John shared last week? Oh, that was like a month ago, Brian. It was last Sunday, seven days ago. <laughs> Stay with me, folks. Are you there? <laughs> Look at your notes or your phone or something. Pretend like you know what I'm talking about, all right? So remember, he said, he said about maintaining peace, but he broke down shalom a little bit. He said, what is shalom? Nothing missing, nothing broken. We've heard that, right? But he said this really cool thing in Luke chapter 1, verse 79. He said that he, speaking of God, will guide our feet into the path of peace. I thought that was so reassuring. I'm like, hey, I'm not out here by myself. God's helping me stay in that place of peace, all right? But he broke it down. He said three areas. Remember, he said humility. Remember this? Just yes. Just say yes. Just nod your head like, yeah, Brian, we remember every minute. Remember, humility, brokenness, humble. Remember, it's, he, he gives grace to the humble. God, I turn to you, and I know I can't do this by myself. Searching. There is a hunger and thirst. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be what? Filled. Sing it to me, all right? Believing. Come on, you guys got to go a little, got to stay a little with me. It's believing. There's a willingness. My heart leans in, okay? <laughs> but just to break this down, break it down for me, okay? We're going to break it down a little bit more. Shalom. Shalom's like peace, shalom, but it's like the noun form has all these nuances, but it's broken down into four major categories. This is just a little educational stuff for your brain, all right? Okay, so he breaks it into four areas. Wholeness, all right? Wholeness of life, body. He's speaking about our health. And then the second one is the right relationship between two parties, right? He's shalom. He brings us this covenant. It's this peace, this, you know, people are together and you're in covenant with one another. Speaking of he, God and man, all right? Third area of the shalom is prosperity. There's success. There's fulfillment. You're doing the will of the Lord, all right? And fourth is a victory over one's enemies. Over, there's an absence of war, okay? The really simple stuff. Now, just stay with me. Don't sink into, like, sleepy mode, okay? All right? You Okay. Okay, so when we think, when we, sometimes we mention peace, people are like, yeah, the peace of God, dude. Yeah, the peace, brother. Shalom, brother, you know. And you just have like this chill, like, I'll just coast with the peace of God. Now listen to me. <laughs> Most of us have life experiencing, right? We're experiencing craziness of life every day at about 100 miles an hour, and we need the Prince of Peace to do big stuff in our lives. Anybody else with me? And we've been at this for a few years, you know? We're like, hey, we better pay attention, all right? But it's Romans 16, 20 said, the God of peace will crush Satan under our feet, right? That's the God of peace I'm talking about today. Are you with me? It's a peace with authority. It's authority of heaven. When the peace of God comes in, it settles issues. Does it make sense? Come on. It's like the power-filled peace of God, if I could say it that way. I know you're like a powerful peace of No, get off the religious mode, all right? Second Peter chapter, I'm sorry, Second Peter chapter one, verse two. I'm gonna just open this up for a few minutes and then we'll pray. Is that okay? 
And we'll open up for a few more. Right? But it says, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version, which is the extra words on there, okay? And it says peace. It says may God's grace, God's favor, and peace. And he breaks it down to a bunch of different words here. It says, which is the perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity. And he says these three big ones, which I just want to camp on a little bit. He says freedom from fears. And if you carry that on, he's saying freedom from agitating passions and freedom from moral conflicts. I'm like, wow. And he says, be multiplied to you. Not just freedom, but now they'll be multiplied to you. Now, just don't get stuck in this spirit of freedom because people think wherever the spirit of the Lord, there's freedom. Absolutely, okay? You know what I mean? And you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free, right? But I'm talking about the freedom that comes from the peace, the powerful peace-filled presence of God. There's nothing like it. We were, we were right there this morning in worship. Isn't it amazing? I love when worship just goes another extra five or 10 minutes because then you're breaking through and then stuff starts happening. Isn't it awesome? I've, we watched it for years with teenagers. It took a full hour and then they go like, oh, now I'm entering in. You know what I mean? It's distractions, all these other things that fight for our attention, but you finally settle down like I'm here and I'm alone with God, even though I'm with a thousand other people. It's so powerful, isn't it? Okay. But he, and then he goes on to say this last part of that. I'll just read it. It says, be multiplied to you through the true. And he breaks it down, the accurate, intimate, precise, correct knowledge of God. This is an experiential encounter with God. That's what he's talking about. It's not just a head knowledge of something. You can know a lot about something, but until you in, in, like, experience it, it's a different thing. He's talking about this is an encounter type thing that changes your life. Are you with me? Come on. It's so good. And when I'm saying this, the fear, the, the, the agitating passions, the moral conflict, these are internal issues that we wrestle with all the time, don't we? And we're just like, everything's good. No, there's a wrestling. We've got to deal with it. We've got to confront these things, all right? But freedom from fear is monstrous, folks. So many, have needed, so many of us, all of us need the God of peace to destroy all the fear that's become a part of our lives that we allow a certain level of fear. What do you mean? The fear of anything. You fill it in. The fear of failure. The fear of the future. The fear of the, your children or your grandchildren. The fear of what they'll do, what they don't do. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, the stuff that causes people to have sleepless nights forever. It's like, this is wrong, all right? The fear of whatever. Fear of not having enough. Fear of whatever, okay? But it, it breaks down to we worry about so much, don't we? Worry's not what he's We're not designed. God said he came to bring us life and life abundantly. He's talking about the God kind of life. The God kind of life is not filled with worry. Would you agree? That's right, I agree. So it's like, (laughs) but worry is just this like subservient part. It's a manifestation of a deeper root of fear in our lives. And we want to address it. Say, I'm not living sleepless nights with fear and anxiety making me crazy. It's like, this isn't the way God created us to do. Because he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Is what it says in 2 Timothy 1.7, right? All the Bible scholars, right? But it, it actually says a cringing fear is what it says in that scripture. I'm like, God, you've not given me the spirit of fear. You give me the spirit of what? Power, of love, and a sound mind, right? Come on, all through the Bible, God says, do not fear. Doesn't he say that? John was in this Luke 12 last week. He said, do not fear. In verse 32, he says, don't be anxious. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Some of us still have a hard time believing that. It's because of trauma, because of experiences, of whatever you had experienced. It's like his good pleasure to give you the kingdom, free of charge. Like he paid the price, free of our charge, but he paid the price, all right? Are you there? It's the good news. I remember people telling me, he loves me, he loves me. I'm like, what? I'm a bad person. How could he love me? <laughs> and then I experienced this. I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. This is all good. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Instead of sneaking around the outside, when I remember going to church, barely believing, I'm like, I'll just stay in the shadows because I'll get in trouble. I didn't want to be out there. I didn't want to be found out that I'm really a bad guy in their heart. Do you know what I mean? And I remember the Holy Spirit challenged me, be in the middle of the room. I love you. Live in the light. Don't live in the shadows. Don't live on the edges. That's not you. It's not what I've called you to. Hey there. 
Come on, this is so good. The kingdom of God, it's his good pleasure, yes, to give us the kingdom of God. Now, if you look at that same chapter, you skip back to verse 22, he says, don't worry about your life. He's like, he says, don't worry about your life. You guys are all worried about this, this, this. He says, look, man, the birds are taking care of this, taking care of this. I got it all covered. I got you covered. You're way more important than the little birdies, all right? Birdies are great. <laughs> so I don't know why I said the birds. But whatever, the animal kingdom, which is my favorite. You know, he's like, you're way more important than the animal kingdom. You're human. Sorry. Mike's like, don't say a word, all right? But he says, don't worry about your life. Proverbs 29, verse 25. It says, the fear of man brings a snare. A snare is a trap. It holds us back from being who God's called us to be and doing what God's called us to do, and saying the things God's called us to say. Are you there? Don't let fear, don't put up with it. Go after it. It's one of the most, ah, anyhow. I love this topic because I just go after fear, right? So we we need an encounter, right, with a prince of peace who obliterates all fear, anxiety, worry, all that stuff, right? Secondly, back to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. He says, this peace is freedom from agitating passions. This is the peace of God will free us from all the passions. Like, what do you mean, Brian? I'm talking about the ungodly passions, all right? They're spoken up in Colossians chapter three. Verse five, he says, consider your body to be dead now to immorality, impurity, passion. That's the word. This is the bad sense of the word. If you look it up, scholars, it's pathos, meaning evil desires. He said, consider yourself be dead to those things. All right? We, he wants his peace to destroy all the evil desires. All right? And we need the peace of God. I need the prince of peace to crush any entanglement that the enemy has in, within me. Are you there? And you think of agitating passions. There, you could just go everywhere on this stuff. And I told the first service, I remember we were first married a couple months, and I remember just having a, I was taught road rage at a young age. We grew up in a car business. It's just what you did. Sometimes when you chase people, you couldn't see their license plate for five or 10 miles. That's the way it was. You know, and if you had a gun, you'd shoot them. I'm serious. It was crazy. It was craziness. And so we were married a few months and I really worked at this. I really worked at waving at people that irritated me and like pointing at the tires, like, hey, you should pull over because you're a lunatic, you know, whatever. And, and, and <laughs> so I remember, I can remember so clear as day because it was trauma to my wife. And I remember these guys just cut me off and they just made these signs that were not godly signs to me. And I just forgot. So I, one of those agitating passions came, and I just went from zero to hundred in four seconds. And literally I'm chasing them down this road and at a high speed and, and in, it's just the way it was. I'm sorry if that offends you, but I was dealing with life. I was a young believer. I was only 10 years in. No, I'm just kidding. I was only, like, I was only a few years. And I'm literally like, I am trying to run them off the road. And I turn and I see Marcy in the car and she's pinned up against the, you know, the window, just shaking. And she's like, you, you have demons. You have demons. You need delivered. And I'm like, oh, I'm married. Holy spirit of God. <laughs> True story, totally true. And she's like, you got TV issues. I'm like, oh, I thought I got better at this point now. I'm like, that one wasn't dead yet, <laughs> <All right. laughs> Sorry, sorry for this crass story. <laughs> married, yes. <laughs> you just forget those things when agitating passions come, all right? But that was just one example. You can have all kinds of bizarre things that are agitating passions that you think you've dealt with. You need to dig, man. I want all this stuff out of my soul. Are you there? Come on. So the last part of the scripture, it's like, he says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, and he says, freedom from moral conflict. And our entire society and culture is just dipped in conflict of morality. Now, like, I don't know, is it a boy or a girl? Let's let them decide. Shut up. You've lost your mind. This is like moral conflict to the max. And the world's trying to dictate it to us. Like, this isn't, no, it's not. 
His name shall be called John. His name shall be called Jesus. Pretty clear, right at the beginning, right? Okay, anyhow, we won't go there. So, but it's like this, you know, I heard someone the other day say, our, our, our culture is morally bankrupt. And I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good thought, you know? It's morally bankrupt, okay? Come on, we just, ah, God's never been and never will be conflicted morally. Are you there? There's no moral conflict in the kingdom, okay? It's pretty clear. That's why it stuff bugs us so much. We're like, okay, <laughs> when the world says things, all right? But the world is dipped in immorality, doesn't it? Come on, it doesn't know any better. The world is man without God, the world system. If we remember that, you're like, yeah, no doubt, okay? So when we have an encounter with the Prince of Peace, he changes things, doesn't he? Just a number of guys in the Bible. Joseph, when Joseph, <laughs> he had to have moral conflict when he found out Mary was pregnant, don't you think? Don't you think? He's like everything within him freaks out. He's like, I've been building this girl a house for a year. I'm like, this is, we're the couple of the, of the village. We're getting married. We're betrothed to be married. How could this happen? I'm in love with her. I'm crazy about her. How could this, this is outrageous. It goes against everything in my culture. It goes against all of our ways. It goes against everything I've, traditions. How do I put her away quietly? He's got to wrestle with that, don't you think? Ah, and then Matthew chapter one, right? And an angel, verses 19 through 25, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, what's the first thing he says to him? Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child who has been conceived is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Isn't that good? Come on. That can happen one time and that can happen daily. God save us from our stupid, sinful life, all right? Now, all this took place. I'm just, I'm staying in there, I'm staying in the verse. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. And he's quoting Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall be with the child and you shall bear his son and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Isn't that good? And Joseph awoke from the sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Isn't that awesome? The first thing the angel says is, don't be afraid. He deals with that. He says, look, take her as your wife. There's no fear in this situation. And I think he's so impacted in this encounter with the, the angel of the Lord, okay? He's changed like everybody. If you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, you're changed, impacted, empowered, all right? So when we do that, I just think like, wow, it's so good. But he, the impact is so big that he does exactly what the angel says. Isn't that awesome? He simply does. He says, I just go do what he said to me, commanded me to do. He doesn't ask for three confirmations, doesn't get a herd of intercessors, doesn't go, oh, I'm going to wait on the Lord, I'm going to fast. And those are all good things. He just did it because the impact, and I think the encounter was life-changing. Are you with me? How, oh, I, want those in, I want those encounters every day. All right? <laughs> it's so good, all right? Oh, and I love at the end of that little discourse, when he was so impacted by this encounter that I love what it says in verse 25. He says, he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. Isn't that amazing? He had every reason to go like, hey man, Jesus set the plan. You got the plan. We're married. We can have sex. We can do whatever we want. And he didn't. He stayed clean. Isn't that amazing? I thought, God, give us that purity in our culture today. Like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm going to live right. I'm going to bring honor into a marriage. Come on. You there? So good. Mm, the angel of the Lord, I think he carried the presence of God, don't you? If he's in the presence of God, the angel of the Lord. It's not the angel of like Paul or Peter. It's the angel of the Lord, all right? <laughs> he has the power of God. He has the presence of God. He carries the peace of God. And he settles, I believe he settles agitating passions, moral conflict, man, come on. That would have been in Joseph's heart. So good, he didn't compromise one bit. Isn't that amazing? Come on. I think an encounter with angels, an encounter with the Holy Spirit, always brings a powerful peace that settles issues in our lives. Come on, it dissolves fear, crushes and annihilates anxiety, all right? 
Oh, <laughs> I love it. The angel of the Lord and crushes ungodly passions. I've watched so many young men over the years we were involved in the youth ministry. I mean, dealing with lust and uncleanness and they get and they have an encounter with the presence of them. The peace of God just washes off of them. They get changed and transformed. I've seen young man, young man after young man get delivered and changed. So powerful, isn't it? I'm telling you, we need to come to his presence with our issues and he settles them in his presence. That's what I'm talking about, all right? King Saul, you could look at him in 1 Samuel 16, and I won't read all the scriptures, but it talks about when the evil spirit came upon him, he literally, they, they break it down. It says he was in fear and he was afflicted and he was, these, these issues came up in his life. He was agitated is what they said all the time. And what does he do? He gets a young worship leader who's been just worshiping, having devos every day for hours alone, comes and plays his 12-string guitar and the presence of God on just goats all over Saul. Isn't that awesome? Read it. It's just one of the most powerful things is the worship. It's just like there's nothing like it. <laughs> I'm telling you. Ah, oh, and the worship in this house, I can just prophesy. We're going to see things. It's going to be amazing, guys. Sounds, songs, things of heaven released through the people here. And it's all about the presence. It's not about them. And they know that and they love that. So, all right. But Saul will get changed, all right? Ungodly passions. More, there's, these things are no match for the Prince of Peace, Okay. Maybe you recently lost your job or you had some hiccup in your job and you're afraid like, oh no, I get a cut and pay or I won't have a job at all or ah, fear has gripped your heart. Come on. Maybe you've been, there's been conflict in your marriage or there's been issues with someone personally close to you, a, a son or a grandson or a child or uh, a coworker. Man, I'm telling you, this, just don't let the fear, uh, ungodly fear grip your heart. Let the Prince of Peace come and meet him, all right? Come on, maybe you've lost a loved one. I know we've, had, we've lost some people here in the last couple of years. It's a struggle. It's intense. I remember being barely 19 years old, and I remember it wasn't so much when my mom passed it when I was that age. It was three and four weeks later and six weeks later. I was like, where is God in all this? I wrestled with it. Are you with me? I remember my siblings, John, and my brother, Jamie, and my sister, Jean, they were just burning for God. They get around, I'm like, just get around me. I just need to be with you because they carried the love of God. But I remember them praying in the Prince of Beaches coming into our times of prayer. And I was like, I didn't know anything, guys. Like zippity. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I still had pain, <laughs> but the Prince of Peace overrode that. Hey there? There's no substitute for it. It's amazing. It's amazing, all right? Uh, I'm just going to skip through here for time purpose, all right? Uh, but there's so many Bible examples to encourage us, guys, all right? Joseph in the Old Testament, <laughs> not Joseph and Mary, but Joseph, man, he had to have an encounter with the Prince of Peace somewhere. The, the abuse he suffered, the, 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 you know, the moral conflict, the mistreatment, the way his own brothers sell him into slavery. Like he had to wrestle with that. Isn't that crazy? And he gets and works for this great Pharaoh and his wife's chasing him down, presenting herself to him over and over again. He refuses her advances and she accuses him of attempted rape. Do you remember the story? She throws him in prison. You had to meet the Prince of Peace somewhere. Because he's thinking like, how long till I get out of here? When I get out of here, he's probably got 50 ways to... Not, you know, leave his lover, but kill the, the Pharaoh's wife. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you with me? He's had to like wrestle with that. He gets out and he still is this perfect, he's like prince, isn't he? He's amazing. But then his brothers show up later. Do you remember that? They show up later and he's like, he didn't even recognize him. He had every opportunity. I'll just throw him to the lions. They'll never know it was me. Isn't that awesome? And he just finds the prince of peace and says, I'll forgive him. I'll love him the way I, ah, that's, that stuff gets your heart, doesn't it? It's like, shut up. <laughs> you know, it's wild how that stuff does it, all right? How about David's life? David in the Bible. David's crazy, man. 
This guy had every opportunity. I mean, he dealt with agitating passions big time, right? You guys know the story, Dave? Like his whole life, moral conflict was a massive part. And God calls him like, hey, he says, you're a man after my heart. Isn't it amazing? Remember when Saul's trying to kill him and he gets close to Saul in the cave and he cuts a little piece of his clothing off? He could have killed him right then. He's like, no. He had, to, he had to have an encounter with God where God settled the issue and said, no, just do what's right. Isn't that awesome? It's so good. Later, do you remember when part of the story when Ziglag, he comes back to Ziglag and the whole town's burned to the ground. They took all their wives, took all the girls, took all the kids. And what does he do? Like his men are like, we're going to kill you now. This is all your fault. All right, we're no longer following you. We're no longer in your army. They really considered it. And he said he sought the Lord and he cried until he could cry no more. He had to have an encounter with the Prince of Peace. He got clear direction, said, okay, let's go. We'll go and recover all. And they did. It's awesome, isn't it? These are people, real people that deal with these things. I believe with all my heart, we need to go after this stuff. Go after and present our things to God. Our agitating passions, come on. Areas where we're conflicted, come on. Deal with it. Say, God, you're the Prince of Peace. You're way bigger than all this. Settle these issues so we can be useful in the kingdom. All right? Peter's another great guy. Isn't he amazing? Peter's probably one of the greatest examples of a guy that's wrestled and struggled with fear and agitating passions and moral conflict. You see it all through the scriptures. He's just like a loose cannon everywhere. Like, Peter, don't talk. Don't talk. He's like, hey. <laughs> like, he says, let's build you three temples. Like, no, no, be quiet. My son is speaking, all right? It's amazing, isn't it? But you remember when he was accused by the people? Like, hey, you were with Jesus. You were with Jesus. Remember that? And a young girl accuses him. A third accusation, he just snaps and he starts cursing at her. He's gripped by fear at that moment. He's been with Jesus for whatever, how many times? Three, three years or whatever the exact timetable is, I don't know. How about when he gets in the garden and they come to arrest Jesus? Remember that? Peter's like, let's go. No, this is how we do life, Jesus. You just stand by. And he's like, slices his ears, the guy's, you know, the guard's ear off. He wasn't aiming for his ear, folks. Like, just slice your ear off like a little piece of butter. No, he's swinging the sword to take his head off, all right? He's ducking and his ear just got taken off. Isn't that crazy? And Jesus just says, well, we'll just heal this guy real quick. And the guy's in trauma, I'm sure, his whole life. Remember the one movie they showed? It was amazing, Passion of Christ. I was like, that's the best part. All right, it's so good. But Peter's dealing with issues, isn't he? He had to have a dramatic transformation when he encountered the Prince of Peace. Why is that? Because later on in the memory and Acts, they, all, they accuse, say, hey, and your whole squad, you're all been drinking early in the morning. He's like, no, this is that, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he speaks with authority. He speaks with the heaven that's behind him. He speaks with the peace of God. So much so that thousands come into the kingdom in an instant. Isn't that awesome? The Prince of Peace. That's what I'm talking about. Isn't that awesome? Come on, we're in a season. We're celebrating that he came to save his people from their sins. If you've wrestled with the sin, don't leave this place without getting prayer today. Come on. He came to seek and save those that are lost. You may be sitting here today or listening online, and you may be the only person that knows your heart is distant from God. Don't stay distant. He's inviting you to come and meet with the Prince of Peace. All right? It's what he does. All right? It's so good. If you've been dealing with anxiety or fear or agitating passions that seem to be a cycle of sins come back up in your heart. I'm telling you, come and meet with the Prince of Peace. You're asking the power of God to go into operation, all right? And he does what he does best, changes our hearts, changes our lives. Come on, let's all stand. So before we start singing and have some ministry time, which we want to invite people to come, we want to pray for you. 
If you've been dealing for any respiratory illness, whether you, children, grandchildren, extended family, we just wanna pray for you over on this side, right in front of where Rick and Jolene are. So come on over, we'll pray for you. If you've been dealing with what I said about the mind in a fog or confusion or whatever, thoughts, we wanna pray for you over on this side, okay? Is that all right? Everybody else, man, just come. We just wanna pray for you. If you've been dealing with fear, anxiety is a big one. You wanna settle anxiety. Let the Prince of Peace crush that thing under your feet. Are you there? So come on, ministry team, you can come, guys, come forward. Everybody come. We'll have some time of prayer. The teams, we're ahead of time on schedule, so we'll worship a little and pray for everybody. Come on, you can come up. This guy's, thank you, Lord. So Holy Spirit, we thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now for doing what you do best. You are the one who heals all our diseases. Come on, you transform and change our lives and our hearts. God, we welcome you, Prince of Peace. God, we ask you to fill this place with your power-filled, peaceful presence. God, overwhelm hearts, overwhelm lives. God, I pray for every family that's a part of Life Center, that God, the peace of you, God, would settle in. The power-filled peace of God. Fill homes in this season. The next two weeks, three weeks, God, we pray overwhelm families, overwhelm families with young children. That God, in the midst of chaos, there's supernatural peace. Holy Spirit, thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Come on, thanks. I stand on Jesus, the King of Kings. Oh, the one who was, is, and is to come. His name is Jesus, the risen one. Oh, I stand on hope. I stand on peace. I stand.
you, Lord, on Christ, the solid rock we stand. Come on, every hand lifted, you're out there standing. God, we pray, we thank you for your presence right now. We welcome the Prince of Peace to have your way in our lives, our hearts, our homes, our businesses, our schools. God, we thank you. You're the solid rock on which we stand. God, an unwavering God, we thank you that for your strength. God, we increase the strength among your people, strength among Life Center community, we pray in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen and amen. You're blessed, have a great week. See you Wednesday night. Enjoy your time, encourage people before you leave this place. If you're up front receiving ministry, stay right there. If you still want prayer, you're welcome to come up and pray. Receive ministry, amen. Thanks.